the blast from our past network. Hey everyone, co-host Corey here. I just wanted to take a quick second and say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. Without you, podcasting after dark would not be possible. If you would like to help the show grow, please consider signing up at patreon.com slash podcasting after dark. You can also support the show by purchasing one of our awesome t-shirt designs on our merch store at podcastingafterdark.com or by picking up a copy of Seven Winters Alone by David Irons on paperback, hardback, or Kindle. Just search for Seven Winters Alone on Amazon or click on the link in the show notes. A free way to help out is to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Those reviews are huge for us and really helps get the show in front of new listeners. Again, thank you all so much for the love and support you've given us over these past few years. It really means the world to us. Welcome to our Patreon-exclusive interview series for Podcasting After Dark with your hosts, Corey Stevenson and Zach Schaefer. Tonight's interview is with the star of 1990's Night of the Living Dead and Babylon 5, actor Patricia Tallman. Patricia Tallman, thank you so much for being on Podcasting After Dark. This is a really big deal for us. Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. I I am... I'm really appreciative. I hope you guys know that it's it's uh, it's an honor to be included. You know, I, I I just think that a lot of people think that that actors walk around believing they should, you know, own the world or something. There's there are there are those examples, perhaps, but I'd say ninety percent of us are just grateful to be included. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. Well, totally. we, we do appreciate you being here. And uh, we did review uh, Night of the Living Dead, the, you know, the 1990 version back sure. in October. And we are, we're going to talk so much about that. Super excited about that. But uh, really quick, I did want to start off in talking about your, the community that you're building on, on Patreon, uh, Living Magically, uh, Patricia Hallman's Living Magically. Magical and, Living. Magical Living, magical I apologize. Living. Close enough. <laughs> magical the words living. in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can find it at uh, uh, patreon.com slash Patricia Tallman. And uh, that seems like such a wonderful thing to create a community for, for people to, who want to go down this path. Um, and some people don't even know that there's a path. Some people uh, know that there's stuff out there that intrigues them, but they don't know how to get on the path uh, right. for more magical living. So right. how... What's a good starter for you to kind of explain, uh, you know, the the, the Patreon and the, and the community and the workshops that you're building there? It's been a a path I've been on for the like the last ten years ish, and it's it it all came about because I had a crisis point. I hit a crisis point. I just dissolved into a big puddle of goo um, and lost my mind for a couple of months. It was. It was bad. And as I kind of crawled around in that pit of despair, um, I, I was trying to find things that would work, that would help me get back on my feet to help me to, to make my, clearly my best thinking had got me in that pit. So yes. I knew I didn't know yeah. what to do. Right. Yeah. So uh, I, I started, I tried 
everything. I tried all these tools and workshops. There's a lot of free stuff out there online, even 10 years ago. And so what I'm doing now is sharing what makes life feel magical again? How do we bring back that awe we had when we were kids? You know, when you really felt the magic and we try to, we try to recreate that sometimes like around the holidays or around your birthday, you know, there's those moments you want to pull in that, that feeling you had when you were a kid that we lose as grownups and we never know how to really bring it back. A lot of us end up uh, in addictive behaviors, you know, whether it's shopping or gaming or, you know, using some yep. sort of substance or, or eating or whatever it is, we're trying to fill up a void. Um, some people go into religion and some people pour it into their relationship. Uh, I'm trying to get folks on a path that's constantly revealing more magic. Hmm. And I'm showing them tools that I've used that worked and then as a group, we discover more things together too. I really think that community is a huge answer. Yeah, It's one yep. of the pillars of my business is creating a safe space for folks to hang out, have a good time, nerd out together because we're all nerds. Um, <laughs> we are I think too. that's my yeah. people. That's my tribe, right? I'm a yep. nerd and, and that's, that's the folks that I meet and hang out with. So um, I just, I've been looking for a membership site I, I still am looking for one, but for right now we're using Patreon and I really think it's been super cool. What we do is we have several events a month and we start off, everybody votes on a topic and then I lead a, a workshop on the topic early in the month. And then the month we, sh- we, we share tools, we, we, we do more things during the month. I have guests and talk. Um, we have a book club where we're reading personal development books. We're reading some Renee Brown right now. You know, we just are always kind of exploring. It's kind of like an explorer's club. That's cool. (laughs) But the exploration is about you. Yeah. And and I like who you are. I like what you said about the, the safe space. Um, I, I grew up Catholic, uh, but I had a a magical awakening about eight years ago. Um, and it came at a time when my life was at a point at its lowest point and I needed something different. Like you said, I didn't have the tools, but I knew that there was something more out there. Um, but my, my exploration, my exploration was a bit of a solitary one, uh, into sort of like ritual magic and stuff like that, but it got me to where I wanted to be and needed to be and it really really helped me and to this day I still use some of the tools that I have that I took with me but I've kind of fallen back into reality is much more solid like I've fallen back into like a routine and I'm actively searching for literally bringing more magic into my life because I do believe in it but I I feel like I've fallen into a rut this your your community i like the sound of it especially since people it's like you said it's a safe place people can can exchange ideas and everything but it's also a place for people who also have some knowledge behind them as well right it's not just for beginners we have all kinds we have many different levels i mean we have an upper level that that they want more they want to go deeper they want bigger and then I've got this sort of general, I do have like people that just join for $5 a month just to help support me, which is the sweetest thing ever. And they really don't do anything with the group. So even though I might have a hundred people, only half of them are participating in any one thing, okay. right? Yeah. So it's, um, what I love about it is that 
people who are starting off and never, you know, are uncomfortable with all of this, they get a chance to realize, oh, this isn't woo-woo weirdness. Although sometimes I do drag that in and say, you gotta, you, you gotta trust the universe. The universe yeah. is you are the universe and it is part of you and you, you can do this. Then, then I think magic is every day. I think there's everyday magic that we have stopped letting in because like you said, I mean, fuck what we have been through yeah. since 2016. And I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. Yeah. It, the, the turning against each other, the pain of that, the yeah. fear of the unknown, the fucking pandemic holy crap yeah. and if we didn't have if we didn't have the internet i don't know what we would have done during this this these lockdowns but having the internet has made everything so much worse in some way too <laughs> because it's just yeah, dire no news and drasticness everywhere where's the relief in that how do you how do you get through the day fearing climate change fearing your neighbor you know, uh, fearing the powers that be that just sort of feel like this generalized catastrophe about to happen all the right. time. Every day, we feel like someone's going to drop a house on us. Yeah. yeah. So to speak. You know? yeah. <laughs> it, it, uh, anyway, that, that, so I want to create a space where there is, um, there's optimism. There's, yeah. there's an ability to handle it. There's, there's tools. If you need to, express yourself if you come if your heart is bursting we can have a place where you're just kind of held and let you can do your thing you know no one's judging you um but it, and then we all get back to it so i don't know i feel i feel like it's very practical too you know Corey. it's not um it's it is like i said there is a touch of the woo-woo you do sort of have to go with the idea that this is basically a benevolent universe, but you have to, to take the steps towards it. You mm -hmm. got to meet it on the path. Yeah. How do you do that when you're, when your heart's broken Yeah, and you're yeah. terrified? So that's what I'm there for. I'm there to help you feel like, okay, yeah, your path is your path. No one else is on that path. That's your path. But everyone's walking right next to you. You're not alone. Yeah. Everyone's got their own path and we're all, we come together, we move apart, but we're all, um, you know, we're out there together. And, and you said you, you kind of came to this about uh, 10 years ago or right. so. Did you, did you have like a, a passing interest before that? Or was this something that the universe kind of put you on this path and got you right here? You know, that's a good question. Um, I've been around it for, you know, I've been around a lot of things my whole life. I've always been curious and I'm an entrepreneur. So I'd already kind of been into certain kinds of personal development, right? Around habits hmm. and work ethics and, um, taking care of myself as a stunt woman and an actor, you don't have to be an optimal physical prime. Totally. And that's important to have yeah. good energy to keep moving forward. Um, but I didn't know about a lot of other, most anything else. And I certainly didn't feel like I was part of a community that had my back. Hmm. That was definitely missing. Yeah. So I, I, this is not religious at all. This is, you know, you can, you could, you're welcome. If you have any kind of religious belief, that's great. If you know religious belief, that's great. It doesn't matter. That has nothing to do with what, what we're about. We're about more like energy and just using being here for yourself. Uh, what, why are you here? Why are you here, Zach? Why are you here, Corey? What are we, what are we doing here? Right? It's insane, right? What, what this God? How do we figure that out? 
how do we not fall into despair? And where do you get not only out of despair, but fucking thrilled that you're alive? Yeah, totally. Even during this time. Yeah. Even in this mess. Yeah. I mean, how do was, you feel excited again? Yeah, that that thrill of discovery, you know, it was it was definitely there. And I know uh, Zach's wife is on is on a path as well, uh, a, a, a spiritual one. Um, I always say that I'm I'm not religious, but I'm I'm much more spiritual now Got than it. I was prior to the eight years ago. You know, right, right, and I think, right. I think that's a good thing too. You know. I think you you mentioned like being a kid and that excitement of being a kid and the imagination yeah. and the spark that you have as a kid and you lose that as you get older. Um, I think there's there's a great line in Charlotte's Web where you know Char, uh, Fern says she's uh, the, the mom's concerned that Fern's talking to all these animals and 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 the doctor's like well maybe 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 we just don't hear them you know Aww. because you lose that along the way um, and I, I ran a summer camp this this past summer a Greek mythology summer camp. And with, uh, for five weeks and, uh, my seven-year-old son went to all five weeks. And, and so each week I had anywhere from 40 to 20 kids and some kids knew each other. Some kids did not. And you go on a weekly quest. You go on a quest to battle a minotaur or defeat uh, banshees. And it's really, it's totally immersive with actors. Yeah. It's phenomenal. And it's all about hero building. What is a hero? What makes a hero? I got Um, chills, Zach. I just got chills. That is, that's uh, so in alignment with what we're doing. And it's really cool. Yeah, totally. Like it it really connects. And and one thing you hit upon in, in talking about community and the importance of community. And I think something we can learn from kids is that some of these kids came from all different walks of life, you know, uh, and some were living in, in, um, the Palisades and some were living in Inglewood, you know, right. and, but yet what brought them together was the story and the link of imagination and the interest in imagination. And while I did have some kids, and I think it's relevant with what's going on today, this level of cynicism sure. and sarcasm yeah. that I think is just permeating everything. Yeah. And I think we really need to kind of, um, reevaluate how we speak to kids in sparking imagination because ultimately it affects us as well. Imagination is one of our mutant powers. It's one of the things that we have that the other beings on this planet really don't have as much of, right? So animals really don't have imagination that we can imagine a thing and create it. Totally. Animals live really in the moment, which is something we need to remind ourselves. And kids, kids are really good at being in the moment too. So they have both going on and and that's really powerful stuff. We, we can remind ourselves that imagination can be used for good as well as evil. So evil being, you know, we can get into the stories and what ifs and depressed and scared and realizing that that's just that's just my fear dragon kicking up the shit. You know, totally. it's just, it's just me go spinning off of stories that are not true. Yep. So how do you get, how do you work with that and, and, and work with all parts of being human and amazing to stay on the path and be okay, you know, and, right. and, and bring back that hero's journey for yourself. Yeah. You know? I love that Zach. That's very cool. Because there's, I mean, like, like you say, imagination being powerful, it can create an awesome life for you, but it can also keep you in the in the trenches if That's you right. think that this is all that there is. So it can work both ways, and it you know right. it doesn't have any kind of good or bad to it. It just does what it ever you're thinking of. You know That's what I right. mean? You bring more of what you focus on. You bring more of that into your life. That's exactly. really kind of one another one of our superpowers. 
because what I, I love what you said about um, being careful with kids, how we talk to them and, and, and cynicism being yeah. uh, cool, you know, and, yeah. and kind of a shield you put up that the, one of the brain fun facts, I love brain fun facts, by the way, and I, I thought was amazing was the understanding that our brain is designed to think negatively, because that's what kept us alive, you had mm. to assume there was a saber tooth tiger behind that bush, yeah. because everything was out to eat you. And that served a purpose back then. Our brains haven't changed at all. No. That, that amygdala hasn't changed at all. We have a neocortex now, but that is just this thin sheet that goes over the brain. It's this thin little membrane. It's so small compared to the rest of the brain. And the rest of the brain is designed for cynicism. So it's yeah. really easy to be negative. That sticks like Velcro. The positive thoughts slide right off like Teflon. So you constantly totally. have to put, you have to work to put the positive back yeah, in there. <laughs> that takes effort. That takes yep. work. That takes balls. Yeah. You know, to <laughs> dare to be positive, to dare yeah. to think that way. It's just too fucking easy to be negative. And that's what, when I, when people are like, oh, yeah, I'm so cool because you're just like, oh, no, you're just fucking lazy. That's what you are. <laughs> I, I didn't say it that way, but I did have it. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say it that <laughs> to way. To tell the kids, you're, you're just fucking lazy. You're fucking lazy. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I did. I, but I framed it in a way where the, I did, you know, there, there is that ripple effect with cynicism, with sarcasm, with, right. with uh, oh, this isn't real or, you know, oh, what, yeah, whatever. That's just, that's silly. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and it cr creates a virus you know, ah, so to speak. And, so and, and it really does. So, and I say to the kids or I say to adults, even I choose to believe these things because it makes my life more interesting. It makes my uh, life yeah. more fun. Who doesn't want more fun in their life? Well, yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> right. I know it's, it's like a no brainer. Um, I think that, that what happens and the same thing happens to adults. So what happens when we're kids is, um, you think, you know, you want to be positive. You want to stay excited about things. And then you're yeah. made fun of. Yeah, totally. You're, you yep. fall in love with somebody and you're made fun of, yep. you're, you know, you're made fun of. And that breaks our hearts a little bit every time that happens. And you start to, you know, kids are, God, kids are cruel to each other. And they are. Um, and it feels like death. That's the other thing about the fear dragon is that I, I as I, I said, you know, fear doesn't just feel like something you're afraid of. You think you're going to die. Yeah. That's what you feel like. You feel like <laughs> I'm going to die. Yeah. That's We have to kind of look at that and go, I'm not going to die. You know? <laughs> this is just my taxes. I'll be okay. You know? yeah, right. <laughs> I think I'm going to die if I balance my checkbook. <laughs> so what, what the, we telling our, <laughs> telling the kids or, or telling ourselves that that yeah. having using our imagination for good using our our optimism if you will and looking for the magic is actually more powerful than living in the negativity that's why i like to point out to the adults it's like well you know yeah it's easy you want to be cynical cynical well that's just lazy Here's it why is. your brain is designed for that. So good yeah. for you and for doing nothing, basically, or just going along with it, or you can take the reins mm -hmm. and you, and learn some tools and focus on it. Yeah. Go ahead, I mean, Corey, you look like you're about to say something. Oh, no, just, uh, with the negativity thing, I, that was one of the things that Zach and I actively choose to do on this podcast is, you know, we, we review movies that we love. So that, that makes it a little bit easier, but we are never snarky. We, we yeah. hate snark. So we, we try so to be as positive. It's so because that's 
that's the low hanging joke fruit is the snark. So Got Zach it. and I tried to basically just fill our reviews up with as much love as we can possibly do. And it's also because we just, like Zach said about like negativity being a virus. I do think you can infect other people, you know, outside. And, you know, we have a platform that we have to be, you know, responsible for. And I think one of those responsibilities as a human is to bring joy into other people's lives and everything, right. you know? So, so that's one thing we do like to do with this show. Um, oh, I, I wasn't trying that. to derail the conversation. I, I did want to ask you, you said um, every month you have a workshop. Mm -hmm. Can you give an example of like what, what one of the workshops were like the, that you've had on? Absolutely. On I I'm so proud of the group because like I said, they, they vote on this. It's not me saying, I think we should talk about this topic because I, I, I let them decide and then they vote on it. And so our next three topics, we started, let's see, September, no, it's October was motivation and your why. The next, this month has been focus and productivity. And next month is moving through blocks. And then I, 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 I write a workshop out for them I, and I deliver it. And I have, and everyone comes, I call it their log books. We got Sherlock Holmes. I said, you got to Sherlock Holmes this. So they bring their books, their log books, and they, and I give them, it's very interactive. So it's not just me going, blah, blah, blah. Here's what I believe. It's ask yourself these questions. Yeah. So here's some questions. And then, and then I talk a little bit more and about some brain fun facts or whatever, you know, and then the, here's some more questions. So they, they're in there. um, actively working through this and i and so far the feedback has been that uh, i it's it's never what they think they think we're going to talk about this thing and then i have this this spin on it it's because of my coaches you know i'm not nothing's original anymore right <laughs> so i just curated <laughs> stuff that i think works yeah that i think mm -hmm. is interesting and i found makes a difference i have a i i dealt with a, some you know depression so many of us have um uh, and I, I was really, I really did go through this sort of psychotic break mm. and lost myself for a few months in my, it was a very weird, scary time. So I feel like I have, um, I have a lot of common ground with folks that have been through 12 step programs or, you know, um, been in an institution for a while or who have, you know, gone through a really bad thing yeah. and then are trying to rebuild. If you're trying to rebuild from scratch, you really need some solid information. It can't be bullshit. You know, you've got it. So I feel like I've, I've had a kind of a, an amazing opportunity in this to curate some important information from amazing teachers all across the board. And I've read incessantly. I'm I actually, I'm getting ready to sell my house. So I'm pulling out hundreds of books I'm giving away because I just can't, I, I don't see the point in paying to store them. So uh, I, I'm giving, I just look at all my personal development books. I actually have this library full of hundreds of books that I have read and worked with wow. to get somewhere to build my life back. And, and so, um, I'm just, I love to save people some time and I point people into, oh, you got to read this book. Check out this book. Oh, that's on, yeah, do this, do this. I feel like I'm kind of a librarian here, you know, that has this, <laughs> these resources that I want to share. Um, and the whole, the whole umbrella is making your life more magical because it really does. It really does. If, if, if you're clear on, on what, what made your life magical as a kid 
and what your topics were, what were you, and you can create your why from there. Cause I bet you it's related and you get, that's oh, your purpose totally. is just to be on that path, just to go steer the ship towards that thing that you love. The path is your purpose. Then your life's going to become magical. Can't help it. It just can't help it. Yeah. So how do we get you there? When I was, uh, when I was seven or eight years old, I used to record myself playing with my toys and still have the recording to this day and was a teacher for a number of years, a kindergarten teacher. And I thought that was my path. But then one day I had a very uh, powerful mentor and a parent in my class said, you should be doing voice acting. And I, when I made that click, wait, it's what I did with my toys as a kid. <laughs> now, you know, and it kind of parlayed into podcasting because I'm like, wait, sure. we're talking about what we love. Corey invited me to do this. And the next thing you know, it took off like gangbusters and we're, you know, as big as we are now. And, uh, but, it, but it's like all these things, you just, you got to follow those paths of the hero and say, you know, this is an adventure. Look, view it in, in that way as a, as an, whether it's an action comedy or whether it's a, you know, uh, sci-fi, whatever. But I love that you're doing this. I love that it's your, your, that ripple effect of positivity. Yeah. Ultimately it's, that's what it is. Yeah. So, so Zach, you probably already know this, but I hear, I, here's my, I've, I always, I have like notebooks everywhere. So we think, we think our path is going to go like this. And so for the listeners, I'm drawing, I'm, I'm drawing a series of steps, like steps. We think, we think that's life. You know, you, yeah. you learn a thing and you get, and you go up a level and you learn some more and then you go up another level, like a mountain with steps. But what life is really like is what you're describing, Zach, which is like this. <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> and you don't know what the fuck why am i running around i just drew like like a ball of yarn that's a big rat's nest and that's what life is really like because yep. you you hit a point <laughs> and you meet a person and you go over there and this person takes you off and then you go something else happens you go over here and then you hit a wall and you collapse in a big puddle and then you're down in the pits and then something else happens and your life just goes zig 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 but when you go, when you look at it from when you start to hit midlife and you get older, you can look back and say, if I had never met that person and had that terrible experience, yes. I never would have tried this thing. Yeah, absolutely. That changed my life that made me meet my life partner or that I had yep. my child. I got pregnant. I didn't know what the fuck I was going to do. I'm a single woman. I'm pregnant. I just, you know, I couldn't do the abortion thing. I am completely pro-choice. That doesn't mean that I think everyone should run out and have an abortion. That just no, means I think you need to have that choice. Yeah. So I didn't make that choice, but I didn't know what I, what to do, you mm. know? So, yeah. but without my son now, and he's turning 27 on Friday, Wow. wow. I, happy happy you know, birthday. <laughs> thank you. He, I, he, one of the best things that ever happened to me, but what a huge, scary uh, leap. A lot totally. of, a lot. I'm a fucking stunt woman and I'm pregnant great. Now, what do I do? You know what I oh, mean? Jesus. <laughs> or an, is even acting, you know, they don't want pregnant people on the set. No. Yeah. You are a massive liability. So I tried to hide it for as long as I could. Another piece, you know, another piece of life that you look back at that and go, if I hadn't done that, you know, he really saved my life because instead of killing myself, I was like, what should I do? Yeah. I can't kill myself. I've got this little kid. Yeah. You know, and that, but that's when I did hit bottom. I, I just laid at the bottom going, I, I mean, I have to get out because I've got this kid Yeah, and I can't just, I can't just end things, which actually made total sense to me. If I didn't have the kid, I would die. Now I would just say, this is, I'm done. Wow. Yeah. I'm 
done. Yeah. Uh, life sucks people suck i'm out of here yeah yeah (laughs) but i didn't and the and uh, no one can tell you no one knows for you but people can hold space for you while you Mm. figure it out and that's why we we want to have some community around us it doesn't have to be a hundred people it could be two you know it could be one real person that holds your hand for a while cries with you on the sidewalk sits down and more kids, you know, just sit down and cry with you because we don't know what else to do. Sometimes yeah. that's enough, right? Yeah. I don't mean to bring this down into a bummer. I just no, no, no. You're, you're. We just great. don't I... know. Life really hits terrible, deep, scary, awful moments, and to pretend otherwise isn't fair to each other. So let's let's acknowledge that. Now, what do you do? How do you get out of that? What are the yeah. steps to take? I love steps. I love putting things together in steps. <laughs> Just tell me what to do, God damn it, and then I'll do it. Don't well, make I, me guess. <laughs> I think one of the things that that I, you know, I love the most though about the magical way of thinking and everything, you know, that I learned was that before that, I would have been like, oh, God, I hate this part of my life or, you know, I wish this didn't happen. Now I look back at my life and there's not a single thing at the worst of the worst. I don't want any of it to change because I'm exactly where I think, you know, my life's been leading to something that that I'm I'm doing that I absolutely love, which is, you know, this podcast and everything. But it's also you you said, you you know, you look back and how how sometimes, you know, you're like you're kind of you, you sort of know what you sh- want to be doing. Right. Like mm-hmm. and I look back and I'm like. I saw Night of the Living Dead in the theater when I was like 12 or 13. And that movie has been such a massive part of my life. And just getting to like, you know, review it last month, interview you. It's like, this is, you know, again, I wouldn't change a single part of my life to, to, to get here because I wouldn't be here without all the bad things. And I do really contribute like magical thinking to that, to, to me being able to accept the, the bad things and the good and say, you know what? And also mm-hmm. too, you know, it taught me to be like, you know, some of the bad things that happened to you, maybe they were your fault. Maybe you need oh, to sure. look and, and see what happened. It, it really oh, no, was the definitely. best thing to kind of make me look at why I got what there. You were doing what you yep. were doing. I know it's true. And I don't want to ever discount too. There's things that are the massive tragedies that happen of that, course, yeah. that you make no sense. And we yeah. we're not saying that that doesn't happen, No, but, um, so yeah, just to, to keep your show moving along. There's a lot here. There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to help people with. And I, I think it's great that you guys are doing what you're doing. And I, you know, it's part of your path. You're, <laughs> yeah. uh, you're doing your purpose. You're, you're doing it because well, like, you're, you feel compelled to, and it's kind of work it out. Like Corey said, we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for all those things that got us to this point. And right. you have to embrace those things. And right. yeah, we could, we could spend another two hours on all the things that happened. This, I know. I can't mm-hmm. believe this happened to me, but blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. I, it, it, you're, you're in many ways, you're, you're, you're obviously speaking our language. You're, I feel mm-hmm. like the, a lot of the things you've said uh, have, have resonated with both of us today, but, but just overall in life, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm the one giving advice and Corey is too. And so, to some respect, yeah. uh, but I think it's beautiful that you've taken this thing and made a, a safe space, a, 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 mm. a community for those. And, and because of your fame from your shows, from Babylon 5, from Night of the Living Dead, you know, like you obviously have a big fan base. And, and I think one of the beautiful things that you're using from that is the people who are maybe the laughed at or the, the made fun of 
uh, or the ones who are too afraid to, to open up and ask because they don't want to be, you know, labeled. They, right. they look at you and they're like, oh, she's cool. And I looked up to her and she's doing this thing that could really help me. And I'm sure mm-hmm. that's opening up like you're, I'm sure you've got a, a, a huge portion of your, your, your community are people that looked up to you from your shows and your movies, right? Well, everybody there, yeah, knows, knows me from somewhere out there. Yeah, for sure. And that's, uh, like I said, I'm a nerd and I know what it felt like when I was growing up. And so I feel like I want to make sure everyone in my group feels like they're one of the cool kids because I was never at the cool kid table. It always hurt that, yep. you know, never felt good enough. And I want people to feel like they're part of that, that they're, they're at the cool kids table and they, think- they help each other. It's not, it's not even like, this is all about me. This is, no. this is a platform for everybody. So you are that person though, that, that link. And you, you made me think of this other person. He was a former pro wrestler who uh, created a yoga program. And there was a picture of him at a convention like Comic-Con or something doing yoga with all these people from all walks of life that would have never even dreamed of doing yoga. Right. And they're getting to do yoga because they think this guy's a badass and he's doing it because he's a badass. And so cool. You know, I think that's so cool. It, 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 it was one of the reasons why I wanted to be a kindergarten teacher to begin with, because I was a young man, tattoos and looking, you know, whatever, bucking that stereotype. And people drew, were drawn towards me. Uh, parents would say, oh, you're such a great role model for my kid. And it's like to mm. wear that label carries mm. a lot of responsibility. It does. But what a, what a beautiful gift you can give to people right. that would never even sought it out to begin with. So I think that's Aww. fantastic. Well, thank you. I hope yeah. so. I, that's, that's what I'm, I'm trying to do. It's, well, you're doing it. Thank you're you. Yeah. It. Doing it. And, and, and uh, uh, yeah. And, and here you are it. on our yeah. show. And, and it's funny, Corey said, you know, he said he saw night of living dead as a, as a, a kid. And I did the same thing. I remember seeing it opening night yeah, opening and, way, yeah. and, and, and freaking out and loving the fact that your Barbara was not yeah. the Barbara that mm. we had grown up with in the, from the sixties and seventies, right. you know, that your Barbara was in, in many ways is a great character now, you know, representation yeah. of what we go through as humans. Um, but as a woman, you know, going through this, like, fuck you, I'm going to break down walls and I'm going to kick the shit out of everybody and be this vigilante, powerful force. So that's mm. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I went, Tom said that they were doing the project and I, I, you know, we said, I'd like you to consider Barbara. And I was like, no, thanks though. No. Well, I hadn't read it and I didn't want to be, I I knew the original. I was like, no, I'm that's, mm -mm. I don't want to perpetuate that trope that made sense in the Mm sixties, you know, but the, the girl that, runs around in her underpants and get, you know, has sex and then goes down into the cellar in the middle of the night with a fucking candle or a flashlight that's not working and, you know, gets murdered. I'm just not interested in perpetuating that shit, but Fair enough. then it, no, Tom's like, no, no, 
read the script. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, now I get it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's yeah. and it holds up so well uh, to today. You know, it's such a great movie. It's it's so much fun. But I do truly believe it. It's it's Barbara. It's you know even Judy Rose. You know, all the both of the the characters there really kind of I think buck the trend and everything and and change the tropes up and everything. Of course, Tony Todd is is magical in that movie um but it's just i think that whole movie just coalesced into something that i mean for me i i can gush i I was the one that broke down the the review and everything and i think i Mm. most of the reviews just me quoting it you know just because i've seen the movie a million (laughs) times but it's but it holds up so well and i do think it provides like a a strong female characters for people to look up to and and we hope that Mm. we kind of brought the movie again back into the forefront with with the show and everything but i don't really think it's fallen away from the spotlight but it helps uh, that it does it's meaningful that that you talk about it and you're talking about it currently, Mm. you know, that really means a lot that you're talking about it in terms of film today, messaging today. That's, that really helps. Yeah, because so a lot I'm, of the I'm movies serious. that we watch don't hold up that well today. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the movies that they just make don't hold up today. <laughs> well, that's true. very true. <laughs> this is true. What were they thinking? <laughs> uh, how how was the like the shoot and everything? How how was the whole process uh, for filming that? And and then how was the reception? You know, once it came out and everything. It, it was a lot of fun. Um, it was a lot of hard work. We shot it in 28 days. I just think that's so funny because that movie 28 days yeah, came 20, out. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was fast and furious and we worked six days and just to, just to, wow. it, it's, it was remarkable because we're once we got past that first uh, six day period, which was the early part of the film. We did, we did shoot as much as we could in consecutively because uh, it affected um, the house and the props and everything else mm-hmm. who got destroyed as we went. So we needed to kind of go consecutively. And once we got out of the cemetery and went into nights, we were shooting nights the whole time. So we would have six days of six nights of work. And then Sunday was actually off. But if you think about it, we didn't wrap until dawn Sunday <laughs> morning and they'd go to collapse in bed and then get, uh, try to stay on schedule because you don't have enough time to flip around again. So you, you're kind of up then all Sunday night. And then Monday early, you run out to go to the bank or to get your groceries or you know any errands you have to do. You have to do it early on Monday and report on the set by four o'clock, five o'clock on mm-hmm. Monday night and wow. work all night. It was grueling. It really was grueling. And yeah. we're all kind of in everything all the time right yeah. so because it's just this the house so we would have breaks when we're let's say the the camera is going to focus on tom tolls for this moment while he's arguing with tony so billy and um katie and i might have a few moments off mckee so we would be in our our dressing room the actor's holding area was the barn of that house oh. that they cleaned up best they could <laughs> <laughs> and the stall the animal stalls they hung shower curtains up so that we could go and change in some privacy we ended up putting some cots in there tony liked to take a nap in the stall and i i would uh 
I would wait until he was dead asleep and then do something terrible to him. Like st- the house was full of those stuffed animals that really had all those taxidermy animals yeah. around. Oh gosh. So I would steal one from the set and, you know, tuck it in with Tony. So he'd wake up with some, <laughs> you know, horned pig or whatever. Just like, ah, what's I, just, I, just, I, I had so much That's fun hilarious. That. Um, yeah, there was the, the actors, we all got along so well. I couldn't have asked for more wonderful people to work with, which was, thank God, because you know, yeah. we were together all the time. <laughs> so yeah. it's really good to be able to enjoy each other. But the crew is a typical Romero crew. You, they, we'd worked together so many times and they were just amazing. They were so happy for me to finally be a lead in a movie. Um, so, that I, you know, I'm on the set with all my friends. It was, I was just so lucky. Really, seriously, it was crazy with how lucky we were. A lot of times uh, we, we do mention the fact that we, we watch these movies because, you know, the show's all based on cult movies from you know, the 70s, 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of times it's, you know, on paper, it's like this movie XYZ would be a bad movie. But when you when you watch it, you can feel the love that the people had making the film. And we Zach and I, you know, we talk about there's this X factor that sort of it comes through and everything. And yeah. I think you could feel that on on Night of the Living Dead as well. It, it just you could just sense it. Everyone's there. For, for a purpose everyone's there you know uh just trying to do the best they can but also there seems to be something friendly happening behind the scenes and and oh interesting yeah it just kind of comes through maybe it's an energy thing you know i hope so i think that, that that's true there like you said x factor there is kind of this mysterious magical thing that happens how many times have we seen movies they have great casts they yeah. have tons of money good director and it, and it sucks. just feels lifeless yeah and it feels like it has no why. energy yeah like how, how could they have made these choices what what were they thinking but we you don't know what that what makes it gel that is really it's a magical mysterious x factor it doesn't we don't know why some things gel and some things don't. Yeah. And it just, I don't know if it's, if it's luck or instinct or something. I, I mean, I have also, I've been on so many sets. I've been on sets where people didn't get along, but the show was pretty good. You know, <laughs> that, so yeah. it's not always about getting along. Yeah. That does help enormously i think people are more generous with each other the acting is better you know if you love your director that shines through um we had on babylon 5 we had a dp named john flynn the director of photography so that the the reason that's so important is on a series you have you'll have alternating directors you know you'll have you'll have a, a stable of directors and we've typically had i don't know between 6 and 8 per season of different directors and they would move in and out directing but the the dp is there all the time 100% mm-hmm. of the time he's he is like the guy in charge of the set and and the crew is responding to him so he's telling with grips and electric to do you know obviously the camera department he's and then everybody else is dependent on those departments so hair makeup wardrobe is all dependent on looking good when the lighting and the and the camera department so everything you know just hovers around your director of photography and if you have a bad director which happens if you have a bad director, he can make up the difference or she can make up the difference. Your director of photography can make up the difference. Um, so 
John Flynn was, I don't know, he, he's a magical human being. He, everybody loved him. Hmm. The crew loved him. We worked our asses off on B5. We never had overtime. You know, I mean, there was, we worked so hard and so fast. It, it was, I, I, I've been on no set like it. Wow. And um, I would go to, from Paramount over on the Star Trek sets and, and work the next day on Babylon 5 and then go back to Paramount. <laughs> I was like, not talking about it, but that's what I was doing. Yeah, yeah of course. And, and I was, you know, all the money at Paramount and they didn't have, they didn't have that the set we have on B5. They didn't have that feeling at all. Not that they weren't great, but it yeah. was, it was very, very different on Babylon 5. It was magic. On Star Trek, it was efficient. <laughs> right? yeah. well, well, you know, and, and you know, we, we mentioned all three of us here grew up nerds and everything. And, you know, I, I love sci-fi and all, of course, but like you were on two of like the biggest the, of the sci-fi pantheon, you know, uh, of stuff. They have Star Trek, Babylon 5. Wild. I mean, that is that's amazing. You know, did, did the inner geek inside of you like still like kind of like, wow, you know? It's that looking back thing we were talking about earlier. You can look back and say, this is this little thing clicked and got me there. So from, from Night of the Living Dead, Joe Straczynski, who created Babylon 5, saw Night of the Living Dead and wanted me for Lita and kind of created Lita hmm. based on Barbara. Wow. That's so great. that was that happened. And then um, on Star Trek, I was I, I came to Hollywood from an, a, a theater actor and stunt person background and uh, the stunts paid my rent. So I, I came, when I got out here, I contacted some stunt people who I'd make connections with. And one of them connected me to Dennis Madalone, who was the stunt, stunt coordinator and all the Star Trek TV shows. So that was magic again, because, uh, you know, you can't predict that shit. No. And he just took a liking to me. That didn't always happen. <laughs> I don't know why, <laughs> but I was a good, I was a good size, uh, five, nine. I was slim at the time. Um, so I could double a lot of actresses. I could wear those Starfleet uniforms and um, I was good for all the guest stars. And I was good for a couple like Gates McFadden, a next generation. I was her regular double and Michelle Forbes when she was Lieutenant Rowe yeah. on that series. And then I, I doubled a couple of people on Voyager, but I didn't have one actress like I did with Nana Visitor and Terry Farrell over on Deep Space Nine. So Voyager, I was more hit and miss. It was the, um, it was the guest stars that that I got, or sometimes what they call ND stunts, which means nondescript, which means you could be anybody. You're like, you're the red shirt. Okay, yeah. Or you're yeah. the alien. Yeah. You yeah. know, something's going to happen to you. So um, I was really, really, really incredibly blessed. But I, like I said, I didn't talk about it because first of all, if you're a stunt person, you don't talk about being an actor. If you're an actor, you don't talk about being a stunt person. You're there to do your particular job. And if, if you're a stunt person and you're saying, yeah, I'm, I've got, I'm going to acting class and all this, they think, well, then you must not be a very good stunt person. Mm -hmm. And if you're, if you're acting, you're saying, well, I also do stunts. Well, you must not be a very good actor. You know, there's all this weird judgment going on about it. Totally. Things probably have changed that my day was back in the nineties. So, you know, things have changed, but back then you didn't talk about it. And 
I was, uh, I, I'll never forget this moment. I was, I was in full Dax makeup for Terry Farrell and I went to craft service to get a cup of coffee. So standing there in a daze, exhausted. One of the producers, I won't say who, <laughs> one of the famous producers on Star Trek kind of was, I could see him kind of looking around and he's just hanging out, just looking around. And then he slowly made his way over to the craft service table and he goes, I love you on Babylon five. And then he went, went away. <laughs> what? I don't know. How did he even know it was me? I'm, I'm ter- full Terry Farrell, right? I, I, I don't look like me. <laughs> it was, I never got that question answered. I have no idea that, that he even knew or that he was watching Babylon five. He didn't want to say, <laughs> yeah, it's like, he's wanted to drop that and leave. <laughs> drop that yeah. He's got his nerd secret layer. Like, yeah, that's it. Totally. <laughs> yeah. You, you bring up a really good point that um that actually was in my mind when as you're talking because i was thinking about doing double duty actor stunt performer um that must have been challenging right to wear these two hats and to kind of keep that under wraps so to speak right it was it was really interesting uh some of the shows that i got to work on i got to work on some really great shows i'm so lucky you did you know i'm working on forrest gump Sit next to Garrett's knees, <laughs> chilling. You know, I mean, holy no crap. big deal. <laughs> no big deal. I'm a total fangirl too, so I get tongue tied. I met Tom Hanks. I was a blithering idiot, <laughs> just an idiot. Then I, I was on um, Jurassic Park. I'm doubling Laura Dern. Yeah, and you know, Spielberg is talking to me, giving me direction. All right, Pat, we hit this. I'm like drooling. I'm so excited. Spielberg's fucking talking to me, man. Right? He's directing me. That's so great. <laughs> he now has no idea what I look like because I'm wearing Laura's wig. I'm dressed as full, you know, Ellie. Yeah. So yeah. I, nobody knows what I look like, but I didn't care. It was so cool. <laughs> yeah. And I can't really talk about it. Yeah. Well, it you, don't makes- want, you don't want your acting your acting community to know that you're all tied up doing sense. I didn't even tell my agents wow. I'm working with Spielberg or something. Cause they're not, you're not available to run off and do an audition. And then, you know, <laughs> I snap my fingers. You should be able to go to audition. Right. my pager back in the day. We had pagers. My yeah. pager would go off. I'd see it was my agents like, Oh, I have an audition, but I'm all dressed up as a Klingon right now. <laughs> you know, I can't, uh, what do I say? How do I get, how do I finesse this? You know? <laughs> to a fucking payphone kids too that not- <laughs> we didn't have cell phones i think you're coming up with your own uh, plot for a great movie <laughs> like a body like not a body swapping movie but you know like uh, uh my secret identity kind in of my secret, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well and, and you were also in uh, army of darkness uh the the, the witch lady uh, oh, i was so again so blessed i went to um howard and and greg and i said I'm starving. I do you have anything? I'll do anything. I, you know, I, I can't pay my rent. I don't know what I'm going to do. And, and they said, well, come on by. Yeah. Patty, we got, yeah, we just started this new, um, Sam Raimi film and, uh, we need to build an army on, uh, of the dead. So come on in, we'll use your body. So I did. I went in and they put me on. I looked like hanging like the flayed man on Game of Thrones, you know, yeah. like on a on a on a two by fours and a big cross. And they made they mummified me and then poured 
crap around me and I had to lay there. I got a SAG daily for that, which thank God. And then they brought me back and said, you know what? Um, you're going to have to go audition for this, but if you get it, it'll be a bunch of days work. Cause we have to build this witch. So I said, okay. And I didn't know what that meant. I hadn't watched any of the evil deads because horror movies scare me. So I, and I know Bruce Campbell. I mean, I knew Bruce and Sam back when we were all in college, they were at a different school, but in Michigan. And I, uh, so anyway, and, and Bruce married one of my sorority sisters. Anyway, um, so they're, they're making these horror movies. I'm like, okay, cool. Have fun kids. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to New York, you know, and, but I didn't know Rob Tappert and I had to audition for Rob. Um, and I had done my lady dead. I'm like, seriously, I got to audition for this. Which one? Can't they just give it to me? But no, I had to go read. And I'm like, look, be all crazy. The witch and then like on the floor, like dry humping the carpet. It's just getting all crazy. He wanted to see how far I'd go. And, the, and thank God I got the part. I can't imagine having gone through all that and then not getting the part. I would have been mortified. Uh, but then they they gave me you know they, they cast they cast my head then they built the witch, um, and not only obviously did we use that for Army of Darkness but then they called me and said hey Patty we have a um, an old lady that we have to what was his name for Mission Impossible Peter Lupus right mm, who yes. played the strong man in Mission Impossible it, this movie was called like the Nut House or something and he is he's one of the orderlies. And, and he's going to beat up, he has to beat up this old lady that we're going to shove her down the stairs. So we want you to be the old lady. So we'll put the witch makeup on you, but we'll make her, just make you an old lady. <laughs> <laughs> so they gave me another day's work on that. And while we were shooting that, we had some downtime. So they shot like a special eight, you know, a high eight movie with, we just made up a movie and shot it with me as the old lady and some gangster trying to beat me up and then they run me over or something. I don't even remember. I would love to know what happened to that movie <laughs> that we shot in the middle of that movie. I, I don't know. It was insane. But oh. thank God for those guys because, yeah, they got me through that I made some money. Then, and then I was in the army. as So I did, I did The Witch and, and I'm in the army. Yeah, man. I mean, they paid my rent for a couple months. (laughs) A movie that's that's so much fun with with so much zany fun in it. That witch does stand out. I mean, I saw that in the theater. I know Zach saw it opening weekend in the theater, and I can still remember being like, "Oh, that that's cool!" Like the the whole witch part was really really neat. You know, like I said, in a movie that has a lot of great moments, that is a that's one of the moments that stands out to being so much fun. And that's not just the makeup. That's that's the energy that you bring to it. That's the the performance, the fun that you brought to it. Well, I think Bruce and I. I got along and, and had fun with it. Um, Sam would, he, he wanted me to, you know, he gave me some great direction and I went crazy as I could for him. And we had some, I had some really fun moments. That makeup was miserable to wear. It took oh, us four and a half hours to get oh, into yeah. it. And, went, and I wore it for 17 hours and went, we had to get the whole witch one day. Uh, and then they were shooting the shit out of me, like just blow, you know, the shotgun blast. Yeah. Doing, like, yeah. like 17 squib hits. I couldn't see because I had these contact lenses. <laughs> I, I just reacted to wherever it ex- the explosion went off of my body. <laughs> and then Sam's like, okay, I, 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 just, just do something really crazy when you die. Like do something really amazing when you die. I was so exhausted. The only thing I could do was pitch forward flat on my face. And they, Sam and, and Bruce called me 
from the car after they had seen the the they'd been editing that scene together and they called me and were going you were the best monster ever <laughs> oh, i fucking awesome. loved you and that was like i was like i wish i could have saved that message from them <laughs> so cool and i was so excited that they loved it and i saw it and i went okay all right okay that's right but i the fact that you're saying it i know many people have mentioned her that they loved the witch and i horror hag or she bitch as, yeah. as <laughs> there you go there you go <laughs> easily a character that could have just disappeared but i think you gave that character Aww. that x factor that magical x factor Aww. that we've been talking about and and clearly uh barbara had it as well which you know you have it essentially uh Aww. but I, I, again i can't stress enough you know your barbara is my barbara it, it, night that night of the living dead is my night of the living dead and i will forever shout its praises mm. from from the the rooftops and uh, hopefully you know the episode will live forever and, and kind of keep bringing new people to the to the show or to the movie and everything yeah and hopefully you know maybe even interest people in horror movies again you know mm -hmm. it, it keep keep that flow going because yeah. it's it's i love the horror movies that are scary and have a story as opposed to the gore, which a lot of people love gore and that's great, but it's not my thing. You know, I love, I love the scary with a touch of gore, you know, like the, the series haunting of Hill house. Yeah. <gasps> oh my God. I, I, I love that. I, that's one of my favorite movies with Julie Harris, the original 1963 yeah. yeah. or something. Original. That's terrifying. Oh my God. You never see a ghost. You never yep. see, it's just, Oh, it's so it's amazing. So I, I, I love, I love that maybe we could encourage people to embrace the scary and the stories, the good stories. Yeah. Mm. Especially with powerful characters. We, we just talked about, um, we, we'd broken down a, a movie from the nineties recently, uh, or, and uh, the late nineties. And we were talking about how terrifying it was, even though you really didn't see anything and uh it's called session nine it's very scary uh but but it reminded me of like texas chainsaw massacre how in the sense that you never saw you didn't really see anything until third act you know right and there's right. all this development where you really care about the characters and i think that ultimately going just going back to denial living dead you really care about all these characters, you know, and, and, and I, granted it, it's, it's a remake, but it's, it's a, it's not a remake in the sense that there was just so much more heart and, and, and um, connection. Maybe that had to do with the mm -hmm. fact that it was more modern for our time, you know, yeah. in the 90s and it was a different generation, you know, right. um, right. maybe it's the fact that you're from Michigan and so am I. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> We're uh, in Michigan. Royal Oak. Okay. We Saga talk. Yes. Yes. So we're, we're different parts of the state, but, right. uh, but you know, I always go like this. I'm from, I'm from right here. You know, you, you are uh, like, I feel like we could, we could talk another two more hours with you Yeah. Um, it, because there's so much more depth to who you are as a person. And it's mm. such an honor to have you on to go. No, this is someone we like to see on screen, but as a person, there's even more there. Oh, uh, you're so sweet. Thank it's, you. It's it's true. It's true. You know, and I think what you're doing, um, if I was a religious person, I'd say you're doing the Lord's work, but you're not. <laughs> oh, no. No. You're doing the universe's no. work. You're, you're doing, doing the, the universe's, universe's work. work. Well, yeah. or I could it. say. 
I just want to connect people back with themselves. Yeah. And that is when you realize I, I, there's, I'll send it to you guys. There's, a, there's this wonderful um, series of photographs that are of the earth and then the earth and the moon and then some of the other planets. It starts to give you a perspective. And my point is what miracles you are. Totally. Zach, you're a miracle. Corey, you're a miracle. Everyone who's listening, you individually, the, the fact you are alive is beyond belief because of all the sperms and eggs that could have come together. Yeah. First of all, that was you. And we're on this rock spinning in space around this nuclear sun insane you know we're not flying off the rock to be we're somehow held on with this gravity that not all planets have and we're as far as we can tell we are pretty remarkable out yep. there in space then then you look at all the universes this i'll have to send it to you and maybe you can share it with your listeners in yeah. your show notes mm -hmm. but it the 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 randomness is not random no. Like there's, there is a, a massive natural intelligence that has put this together and you are here for a reason. It's, it's, and then you weigh that all of our lives kind of collide and yeah, shit happens. I think we sign up for that. I think we sign up to be here because shit just happens and yeah. we got to deal with it. So I don't know. It it's all it's all miraculous, but it's also there's a plan, something, and you're part of that plan. You're a miracle. Well, I was just gonna say, like your son, you know, and yeah. uh, I, I've got a, I've got a seven year old son, and not the toot his horn, but oftentimes, and Corey knows, you know, he's a pretty remarkable dude. Like he's yeah. talking about astral planning and uh, talking about Buddha, and so fun fact, talking about magic, he was. Uh, Dr. Strange for Halloween. And, uh, and so we went to Disneyland a couple of days later and he met the quote unquote real Dr. Strange at Disneyland. Right. And Dr. Strange is, he says, uh, he says to my son, he's like, why did you choose to be me for Halloween? And my son goes, well, because we like the same things. I'm really into Buddha and like spiritual stuff. And I, and I, and I astral plane, <laughs> like, <laughs> and that Dr. Stranger's like, I was He's not like, expecting that. <laughs> I'm just an actor in a yeah. suit and you just totally. blew my mind, kid. The, yeah, the actor just goes, that's very interesting. <laughs> Good for him. Everyone uh, can find you at uh, patreon.com slash Patricia Tallman. And uh, I hope everyone goes and checks that out. I, we will have uh, in the episode notes, if you're listening to this, uh, just check it out. We will have links to, to that in the notes and, and anything else. Oh, good. Thank you. And I'm on the Instagram and I'm on the Facebooks, you know, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're pretty active on, on Instagram. So, I know you've liked some I'm of our trying. stuff and everything. Yeah. And yeah, I see it every time, by the way, every time you have, I always screen cap it. I was like, look, look, you know, <laughs> so, and so just know that you, you bring joy in, into our lives just, just by being there and just by being who you are. And like Zach said, I think, you know, everything you're saying, I think you're doing great work. I think it's awesome. And I think it's necessary in this day and age uh so thank you thank you for that thank you for yeah. being you well thank you i appreciate it you've really um it, you're gonna you've made my day and i'm gonna be yeah. feeling it and thinking about this Good. for a while because you know we go along in life and sometimes we don't let in the 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 wins the good parts you know because we're so focused on problem solving 
So it's important and I appreciate it. I really do. What's that? Really uh, do. What's that? What's that John Travolta song? You gotta, you gotta let it in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <From the laughs> you gotta let it in. I, you do. You do. Who would have thought John Travolta had come up with a ditty that could carry, that I could wow. that I could reference today? <laughs> <laughs> you know, today's going to be a good day. <laughs> not? Thank you um, so much for your time. Thank you so yeah, so thank much. You. I appreciate it, and I'll I'll see you out there. Let us know. You know, let Avery and I know if you um, want to do something else again sometime. <laughs> I appreciate it. I really That'd do. be wonderful. And tell tell Avery we said hi. All right, guys, have a great rest of your week. You too. Have a Pleasure great one. To meet See you, you out there. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Podcasting After Dark's exclusive interview series with Patricia Tallman. And as always, thank you for your support. Imagine being one of the last people on Earth, being trapped alone with something not human, something always watching, something always waiting. What would you do? Where would you run? Where would you hide if you were haunted for seven winters alone? Podcasting After Dark presents Seven Winters Alone. A dystopian haunted house story by David Irons. Available now in paperback and ebook.